I'm Liz with Teachstone, and this is Teaching with Class. In this episode, I talk to Bridget Hamry, co-author of the Class Tool and co-founder of Teachstone. Many of you submitted great questions, and she has answered them all. Hi, Bridget. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Well, I assume most people have heard or at least seen your name on the, the manual, maybe. Um, but can we start? Will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Bridget Henry. Um, and until very recently, I was a research associate professor at the University of Virginia. I actually am still doing that a day a week, at least for now. But starting August 1st, I joined Teachstone um, as chief impact officer. And Obviously, Teachstone um, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I am a, one of the authors of the class, um, co-founder with Bob Pianta of Teachstone. And you just said you've come in as Chief Impact Officer, which perfectly leads us into the first question. What is a Chief Impact Officer? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think one of the things I'm most excited about coming um, to Teachstone is because I get to decide um, a little <laughs> bit about that. So. The history is I, they were actually searching for a chief academic officer, and I told Bruce, our CEO, that um, part of why I wanted to come to Teachstone was that I wanted to get out of academia for a little bit. And so I thought that chief impact officer better sort of symbolized what I thought that the organization could really benefit from and what I might be able to add. So I'll have to say I'm not 100% sure exactly, <laughs> but I've, I've really started to think, think about it as coalescing around three major ideas. One of it, them is around creating impact. And mm-hmm. so here we want to make sure that the products and the services that we develop um, are most impactful in the lives of, of children and teachers and that they're implemented really well to have that impact. So we need to create impact. We need to communicate that impact effectively. Mm-hmm. So we know there are now well over 150 research studies, for example, and we've had a hard time keeping up with getting that information out. But even more, not just the research, there's so much good work that's happening around the country using class, and we want to be able to tell the stories of what's working, what's not working, so we can really uh, engage with the community in doing that work. Um, I'll give you just one example. I was here a couple weeks ago, and we just I just sort of learned, the company has been aware, obviously, but I didn't know that we've been doing this work in Massachusetts around um, turnaround schools. Um, and so I think learning and understanding more about that kind of work and getting those messages out is really important. So we really want to create impact, um, we want to communicate impact, and then we really want to engage impact. And actually, I think that's a lot about what this community is all about. Um, we don't have all the answers, and we want to make sure that we're engaging with our community, answering the questions they have, but also learning from them about how to do this work best. Definitely. I feel like the, the sharing each other's stories is such a big one of everyone has these really um, inspiring and powerful stories and there's not a nice way to sort of hear each other's stories right now and we're starting to see that in the community but I'm really excited of what you'll do with it. Yeah, we actually, this, this power of storytelling, um, a colleague of mine who works at the Virginia Department of Education really brought that to my attention um, in work that we've been doing across the state of Virginia where we brought together leaders and coaches who are working in preschool, and uh, and we've been working with them for three years, and they've been working so hard, but sometimes we do lose that story, and so we just did a, a simple exercise where we had each of them write down one thing that they had done um, that they thought was impactful in their work working mm-hmm. in, in pre-K in Virginia, and then tell a very specific story about that, 
And the stories that they told were just remarkable. One of the ones I remember the most was one of the administrative leaders who talked about getting a child a coat. Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds like such a simple thing, but it was such an impactful thing for this child and the family. Um, and honestly, it's those stories that get attention to the work we're doing much more than any, uh, any research paper that we could write. Well, speaking of stories, this class learning community member is wondering about your story with class. Okay, so this question is, many of us are familiar with the research-based origin and timeline of development that inspired the class measure. However, I'm very curious to know the stories around the research and development that went into making the first publication. Would you be willing to share a little bit about your own experience with this process? Sure. So um, I uh, came to the University of Virginia. Um, I will now date myself in saying that I came to the University of Virginia in 1997 as a doctoral student in clinical and school psychology working with Bob Pianta um, because I was interested in teacher-student relationships, which was something that, that he had really focused on. And towards the end of my PhD program, I got engaged in the work that he was doing around observation in classrooms as a part of the NICHD study of early childcare. And we were really tasked with um, sort of going to the literature and trying to find what, what do we know about what can actually be observed in classrooms that relates to outcomes for, for children. So, I did a lot of that work early on, and then I left. I went back to California, which is where I'm from. I thought I would always be in California. <laughs> and uh, then a few years later, Bob called and, and said that I had to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband really wanted land. Uh, and so Virginia land was a little more affordable than <laughs> in the Bay Area where we had been living. Uh, so we came back, and, and so the, one of my best stories, so in that time, Frame that I had been gone about three years, the class had sort of been written up more formally, had started to be used as a part of some early pre-K studies. But Bob, always being one thinking ahead, I think on about my second day of work, said to me, okay, so we have the class, I want to use it now as a part of our, our teacher prep program. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, so we have all these graduate students who supervise our teacher ed students in the field. I want you to go uh, train them in the class. <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> but Bob, all we have is like this pre-K manual and some like videotapes. And they <laughs> were legitimately like VHS tapes of classrooms from like third and fifth grade from an old study that we had. And he's like, that's enough because interactions are sort of the same and you can train people to, to see them wherever. And uh, so I did this training for about 20 graduate students, including those who were supervising, you know, science in 10th grade <laughs> classrooms. Um, and needless to say, they weren't so happy about watching a bunch of um, preschool and first grade classrooms and trying to judge quality and assume how that was going to relate. But I tell that story because I think that, you know, Bob in particular, but I think that's sort of now been transferred to Teachstone is really trying to always push on the envelope around mm -hmm. what's possible, but based in a very core idea. So if this core idea is right, that interactions matter, there's a lot that we can achieve. And I think always trying to push past the barriers that exist now and think ahead to what might be possible is something that we've, we've sort of continued to strive for. So now, you know, envision the future. We're now fast forward lots of years, and we actually do have these different tools that didn't exist at the time across different age levels and thousands of hours of video of classrooms mm -hmm. across grades um, and in, in even the sort of international context. So 
I hope that if you know we have this conversation ten years from now, <laughs> uh, there'll be some really more interesting uh, ways in which we push the envelope. What are you excited about right now? Uh, there's so many things I'm excited about. I mean, I think the reason I decided to join Teachstone right now is that although I love research and I can do it and it's hard to leave that world because I I loved my job, there is no doubt in my mind and I think in the minds of of most people that interactions matter, but what we need is sort of more scalable solutions Mm -hmm. to ensuring that every child has access to an effective teacher, Um, not just one year, but year after year after year from birth until they leave high school. Um, and I think our opportunities for doing that and playing a role in that here at Teachstone are just incredible. So I'm actually most excited about the possibilities and partnership with people across the country and across the world. I was just last week actually in Louisiana with our, our partners there who have been doing some really fascinating and interesting work. Uh, just as an example, I, w- I was talking with this commission, um, and one of the people sitting on the commission owns and runs a childcare program. I think his program serves about 300 students. And I know when they first heard about class, they thought it was a horrible idea, this sort of thing being pushed down upon them. And I think he and many others have really come to see the value of the tool and are pushing us to think in new and interesting ways. So I think it is just really, it comes back to that storytelling idea and hearing the stories of how this tool has helped people and then thinking about how we can scale that um, and make sure that that communities around the the country and around the world have the opportunity to really engage in the work. One of the other things I'm excited about is I think, and I am no technology expert, but um, I think we're really just at the beginning of what can be done in this space if we sort of truly utilize technology. we're starting to talk about lots of new and exciting ideas at Teachstone, and then there are some things, quite honestly, we're not even talking about that are happening out in the world mm-hmm. that are exciting. So at UVA, we have some colleagues who've really been doing work on simulation um, and simulated environments, and so you can completely imagine how a few years from now we could be using virtual reality as ways of teachers sort of practicing and honing their skills before they go into classrooms. So I think the sky's the limit, and that's uh, that's really, really exciting to me. All right, changing topics just a little bit. This community member wrote, I live in California, which is a very diverse state. Our classrooms have many students with various ethnic and cultural backgrounds, languages, and children with exceptionalities. My question is, how does the class tool capture the diverse complexities of the classroom and measure adult and child interactions from a diverse and equitable lens? Yeah, that's a great question and one we hear all the time and and we've heard for a long time. I think there's a couple of key points. One of them is that the class has now been used in many, many different communities um, and demonstrated that the kinds of interactions that we measure with the class actually do promote positive outcomes for children across lots of contexts. That's both within the United States as well as internationally. So within the United States, there have been a number of papers, research papers, that have sort of validated the tool and shown that, for example, dual language learners in Head Start programs who are in classrooms with higher instructional support scores that their language abilities, both in Spanish and in English, are actually better if they have stronger instructional support. Some of the international work is is fascinating in this way. We've always said, 
you know, we didn't develop the class to be used internationally, but our international partners kept knocking on our door and saying, you know, we really want to use these, the, the tool. And our stance has been, okay, if you're going to use it, you can't change it. Because if you start changing it, we don't know what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so given that, we've been, um, rem- sort of, it's been remarkable how many studies have now validated the use of the tool in places like China, in Finland, in Latin America. So. At a, at a very global level, I think we know that interactions matter. Relationships mm-hmm. between teachers and children matter, irregardless of culture and community. Now, that said, I think we obviously know that something like interactions are very culturally relevant and salient. So what what a positive relationship looks like in one culture may be somewhat different than in another culture. Um, and that's been something that's a little harder to address. Um, I think there are many steps that TeachStone has taken to try to, to fill some of those gaps. So for example, developing a lot of the resources in Spanish so that people can access those and even developing some resources for um, readers to be able to really know and understand how to go into a classroom with many kinds of dual language learners um, mm-hmm. and, and make observations that are, are sort of fair. That said, the class will never do everything and that's important. I, I sometimes refer to classes like the generalist so, you know, you have, you have your doctor, your sort of generalist, your intern, who you go to for, uh, for the everyday mm. kind of thing. And I think the class can do many, many things well, but it often doesn't do a very specific thing well. So the parallel would be, you know, sometimes you may need to go see a dermatologist. Or you may need to go see some orthopedist or some specialist. And that's not what the class does. But I think the class... Um, really does a nice job of describing interactions that we know matter across a lot of contexts. Do you think there are classrooms or programs or populations where the class tool isn't the right tool? I guess I would turn that around, so ever ask that question, <laughs> to say, uh, what do you mean by using the class tool? Mm. Um, so I think oftentimes people say use class, and we don't really know what they mean. And so should the class be used across all contexts in all settings all the time in high accountability framework where programs could lose funding or you know that's a more complicated question mm-hmm. if i ask does every child deserve to have teachers that they can form positive relationships with and that who can stimulate their thinking and development absolutely and i think that class helps us give us some sort of language mm-hmm. about that that really works across a lot of contexts i know One of our colleagues, Sarah Haddon, was actually just um, working with a program who works with children who are are really struggling in terms of their sort of mental health, um, have had a lot of sort of toxic stress experiences, as as the term is used. And that program sort of came to class because they really saw the value in its use. But of course, how it gets used in a program like that or in a special education program may be a little different than how it gets used in other contexts. Do you think there is um, a common misconception about class that you would like to dispel? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably lots of, of misperceptions. I think one of them is just this thing about it kills me when people just say we're doing class because mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means. Um, and I think at this point, the class sometimes is used as an assessment tool, sometimes is used as a professional learning tool. So I think being really clear that the class actually can do many of those things, but getting clear about what your intent um, and trying to use it uh, is really important. What do you wish others knew about class? Hmm, That's a good question. 
Well, I think, you know, I often have gotten the question since Head Start decided to start using the class as a part of their designation and renewal, so sort of as, a, as an accountability measure. People would often ask, you know, are you happy that that happened? And I think my answer to it is always a little complex. I would love to live in a world where we could just offer great professional development and people would take it up. Um, but there isn't a lot of data to suggest that that's not necessarily true. So I think this balance between assessment and improvement is really critical. That, that statement that sometimes gets made about what gets measured gets done. Mm -hmm. But I guess going back to your question about um, what I wish people knew, I think sometimes people have come into class thinking of it as just an accountability tool. And I, I really wish, especially for teachers, that they knew and understood how much class values their work and is ultimately about making clear the value of teachers' work to the larger world and providing teachers with the resources that they need to improve. I just want to say, you know, I think I've always had respect for teachers. I was a teacher for several years, but uh, I've been reminded of that very, very much of late. So I actually have four-year-old twin girls and have had the incredible privilege to have this amazing woman, Donna, take care of them since they were two months old. And watching Donna with my girls, um, you know, she is somebody who like embodies the class without knowing anything about what the class is. And the level of gratitude I have toward what she has given my girls, like she has literally like trained their brains and their emotions and they wouldn't be who they are today without her. And they had her every day for, you know, for the first four years of their life. Um, probably spent, I don't like to say this, but more time with Donna than they have with me. And I think it just watching that and sort of reflecting on it because I just sent the girls to preschool and, and we said goodbye to Donna, although she just came over for dinner last night, so she's not really <laughs> gone. But um, I think it was just a reminder of the power of interactions mm -hmm. in a very personal way. So I guess for anyone who's listening to this who is a teacher or has children and has, has childcare providers, it's just a reminder, I think, that you know the work can be really hard, but I'm just so thankful for the people that I've had in my life as teachers, and, and it's exciting to work for an organization and, and work with others across the country. We're trying to give that gift to many different children across, across the country. Okay, so you know that part after the movie's over and the credits are playing where they have the outtakes or the extra bonus scene? Well, I have one of those. We finished the interview there, but kept chatting, and I want to include just a little bit of our conversation because I think it says a lot about Bridget. Well, and the reality of, I remember actually, so my son is 11, I remember going into his um, classroom when he was a toddler and just sort of like, so I know it's hard to take care of one toddler, but I, remember I had this sort of epiphany because I was not a toddler teacher. I, I taught first graders. Um, it was like the act of getting, you know, 10 or 12 two-year-olds to all sleep simultaneously, mm -hmm. <laughs> that is a miracle that happens every single day across <laughs> this country. And it is, I mean, it is, these small things that we think of at, you know, getting meals for children, getting them to nap, just helping them sunscreen. regulate. Sunscreen. Putting yeah. sunscreen on 12 children. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's these, um, you know, it's trying to, and really ultimately the work that we do at Teach Zone is about how to make the most out of each of those kinds of moments and also just to recognize uh, that it's that it's hard work and it's real work and it's not just taking care of babies. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so if we can be a part of helping to sort of professionalize the field um, and make uh, make the world really see the value of that work, then, then that would be hugely important to us. Thank you for joining us for Teaching with Class. Log into the Class Learning Community to continue the conversation, then tell us how we're doing and what topics you would like us to cover next. Thank you.